0: Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're gonna bring light into that darkness. We're gonna remember the joy of living, but most of all, we're gonna turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. This is the show, this is where I'm going to do, I'm going to roll solo and I'm going to give you a full detailed account of my very first ayahuasca uh, experience. It was absolutely a journey into my own heart and I'm just going to warn all of you, I am going to share some very raw footage, both video and some is only audio of moments immediately after I came out of ceremony, both with ayahuasca and with psilocybin. Because shortly after returning from Mexico, uh, I was deeply guided to do a psilocybin journey. Uh, and I have to say between the two, I have probably gone through one of the most transformative periods of my life. Uh, Things have completely changed uh, inside my mind, inside my heart, and all for the better. It's going to be a very raw show, I would I, I'm, I'm be lying if I told you guys, I'm not nervous. I don't know why I'm actually a little nervous. How many times have I done this show? How many times have I gone live on my YouTube channel? Uh, I think it's just because I know I'm going to be sharing so much of myself, which I always, uh, I enjoy doing only because I know that it's the way that we deepen our connections with one another is that when we truly show all sides of us and you guys are going to see sides of me that you may have gotten glimpses of with my raw and real videos where I took you on my healing journey of um, of the uh, recover- recovery of memories from my childhood uh, around sexual abuse. And this is going to be even bigger than that, <laughs> okay? So I want to warn you and I will warn you ahead of time before I'm going to play the videos and the audio. Because um, I think that the em- level of emotion you're going to hear from me, especially post psilocybin, uh, it could make some of you uncomfortable. I, and I think that's totally normal uh, because I sound, I'm very much in the heart and rawness of my experience. I have so many emotions coming through, so many realizations, and I'm literally feeling everything all at once. And so if it is a little too much for you, don't feel bad if you feel like you need to pop out of the live stream or maybe put, push pause on the podcast later. This is going to probably be a 90 minute to two hour show. So uh, for those of you who are listening later on Spotify or in Apple, uh, just know that I'm going to get this recording out to you guys as soon as possible. So this is, journey with plant medicine particularly ayahuasca and psilocybin has been something i have well i have actually used psilocybin before not in the way that i did this time probably in the way that most people who use mushrooms do it was just to have fun and to laugh a lot and the last time i did it was 15 years ago so this has been this has been something i felt very called to uh, I have been wanting to do ayahuasca since 2008 when I came across two separate men, about six months apart, who were sharing their ayahuasca journey with me. I didn't even know what ayahuasca was back then. Uh, and one had, one guy, I actually he was sitting beside me on my plane to Costa Rica when I decided to take my one year sabbatical, quit my job, did a one year sabbatical traveling by myself. And um, he was able to cure his nicotine addiction instantly, as soon as he was done. He was never wanting cigarettes again. And he said he saw his whole life, everything that he needed to do. So I was very intrigued. And of course, I've had several friends who've done this. And um, I was just excited for it to, to go on the ride. But I also knew there were a lot of blocks within me that I haven't been able to access And I thought perhaps this might be something that could help me as I've tried a lot of different modalities in healing. And this seemed like the perfect time. I really was truly called to it. Now, before I go any further, and this will become very apparent as why I'm doing this, I would like to ask for all of your help and support in supporting this podcast And the way I would love for you to do so is one, if you're watching live on YouTube, please hit the like button, Uh, and please drop a comment in the comments below the video, uh, after this is over or even now, because it will help more people get access to this and it supports my channel. But for any of you who listen on audio or even if you don't, and you still want to support me, I would greatly appreciate your help. And I'm leaning on you. Okay, for this support to possibly leave me a review, if you find this show helpful, even this episode, if you want to comment on this episode, um, leaving me a review on my podcast will help me uh, reach more people. And that is one of my goals of growing larger so that I can make a bigger impact in the world. So uh, this will become very apparent later on in the show, and you will understand why I just asked that of you. Uh, And I want you to all know how greatly and deeply I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, You guys have definitely become a live part of my community, which has been very much like Soul Family. And I want you to know that no matter where I go on this journey, I will always make an effort to stay connected to all of you. And I want to be part of this community. And I just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. So let's get into this. Plant medicine. It is a very sacred experience. It's a very sacred tool. Plant medicine has become very, let's just call it trendy, and especially with ayahuasca, it's really common in the tourism industry right now. Well, because obviously we can't do it in certain countries. Uh, and I just want to say that your level of consciousness. Is going to be so important in how you experience the plant and I would say that of course whatever motivation you have to do it is yours and that's yours alone and you get to make those decisions but if you're choosing or thinking about possibly experiencing this uh, and you've never done it before or maybe you have and you're like me before with mushrooms it was just like ah let's just like get high or let's just have fun. Um, I want to say that it should be very much respected how you go into the ceremony. That consciousness level is how you will be met by the plant medicine. And so be ready consciously so that you can be met with that same consciousness level of the plant. It will only serve you well in your journey. And I do believe that prior to you doing any sort of plant medicine if you're really looking for a deeper connection a deeper experience something that's going to possibly change your life because i think this is why a lot of people feel called to doing particularly ayahuasca um, is that it, so many people talk about the life-changing experience that they had from it and i think a lot of that is dependent on your level of presence during the ceremony but also your intention going into it so keep in mind that having a very clear intention, which I'm going to talk about how important that was to my psilocybin journey, um, I think is really important. Now, I want you guys to understand that plant medicine should never be used as a way to escape your own healing uh, requirements, like what work you're supposed to do. To me, I see it as a portal of opportunity uh, that can help you get past perhaps a a block or something you've been trying and you've been doing all these things, but it's just not working. I think plant medicine can be extremely helpful. Uh, Also, I searched high and low for my shaman and my ceremony. As you guys know on the channel, I was talking about it just a couple of days prior to me going. uh, And for me, it was so important that I found a shaman that I knew I was going to feel safe with that I knew respected the ceremony, uh, was dedicated to the healing journey of each individual who was partaking, that he wasn't just doing it for like, I don't know, a lot of money or just trying to cram in a lot of people. I don't think ayahuasca should be done in massive groups. Um, My particular size of the group was 10. I thought that was amazing. Um, Also, the way the brew is prepared is really important. So these are just considerations for anyone who may is may be thinking about this and has never done it. I'm just kind of offering, before I go into the story, like some of the things you may want to be looking for. Um, uh, I was in Mexico, the average price is around 2,500 pesos, uh, which is, uh, what, what is that in, um, US dollars? Um, That's like $100, $125, I think. And so it's important to know that there are people down there who were willing to charge $500 to $700 US for one ceremony. And it was outrageous. So just keep that in mind, because I feel like if a shaman is going to charge that much money, then it speaks to their principles. And maybe you don't want to be aligning yourself with that kind of energy. That's just my my thoughts. Okay. And I also want you guys to know how ready I was for this. I was so ready. I was ready to surrender. I really wanted myself to go so deep into this. And I think that's really important. I actually had some personal boundaries and fears around ayahuasca and um, using plant medicine for the healing journey because I'm so big on being sovereign and also you know, being the drive, being in the driving seat of your own, like the driver's seat of your own healing journey and doing the work. Obviously, I know I'm doing the work and I know many of you are doing the work. Just don't go in with the, I would suggest to not go in with this savior complex or hoping that the medicine is going to save you or it's going to be the answer to all your problems. It b- puts you in a disempowering position. Uh, and so... There's that. And then know that this medicine, like plant medicine, is thousands of years old. Our ancestors have used it. Now, mind you, um, from what I understand, the way they used it was to make sure that anyone who was going to be using it was coming at it from a very mature place, uh, one of understanding of the responsibility to really allow the journey to unfold at a much higher level of consciousness. So the plant is not a replacement for you. It is, I, in my opinion, a portal of opportunity. Okay? So my ayahuasca experience, it almost didn't happen. It almost didn't happen. Um, and I was ready to surrender to that possibility because I just kept getting rejected from every direction I tried until I finally let go of it completely. And as I told you guys, I decided, you know what, after detoxing for 10 days um, because I was trying to get my body clean for the ceremony, um, I decided to go out and eat a pulled pork sandwich and have a margarita. So as soon as I did that, the ceremony showed up and uh, my uh, prayers were answered, so to speak. So just goes to show you that sometimes you can break protocol to let the very thing you need come in. Now my intention for using ayahuasca was very specific and it was very simple. I really just wanted to open my heart and clear whatever was holding me back from loving deeper and having deeper connections with all my relationships. I know how important the heart is and it truly is our greatest portal into, uh, well, It's going to be understood now, really the greatest version of anything, ourselves, our future, uh, just being able to experience things. So my particular um, shamans, uh, they were from Colombia. I'm sorry, I have notes here. And the reason I keep looking down is because... There's so much I have to share with you guys. I don't want to miss it. And I want to make sure I go in the proper timeline or else I'm going to be jumping all over the place. I'm still on a high from my uh, psilocybin journey on Friday. So two Colombian shamans, well, shamans, one was uh, the male was the one who led us through everything and his partner, she was um, helping to facilitate. And so they use the Colombian vine of ayahuasca. Now I didn't realize, that there even was a Colombian vine. I don't even know why I didn't know that, but I just assumed ayahuasca specifically came from Peru. But apparently it's Peru, Ecuador, Colombia. Now, I don't know if it's the actual vine or the way it's prepared, but from what I understood, from what the shaman shared with me, it was um, the way they brew it, but also the the actual vine. is very different from the Peruvian ayahuasca brew. So with... Peru, Peruvian vines, you get a lot more visions. It, you do get a healing effect, but it is more geared towards a lot of the visions. The Colombian vine is more towards the healing, clearing out, detoxing element. Let me just tell you, I detox, guys. I detoxed like I've never detoxed. So Because my intention, and my intention was set months ago, I knew I was going to be doing this months ago. This was always about opening my heart. The ayahuasca brew that I drank that evening was actually prepared two months prior under the full moon in Libra. And when they told me that, Just the amount of synchronicities around this whole experience are so far beyond. It just goes to, like, it tells me that this was so divinely orchestrated and so not needing my control at all to have this experience. It was coming whether I tried to or not tried to, like, it was happening. The reason why this is important is because Libra is ruled by Venus. And Venus is our planet of love. It's our planet of self-worth. It's our planet of money. It's also our planet of relationships and Libra actually rules relationships. This is so important to my entire journey until today, like going forward. So with my North node being in Libra, which North node represents your destiny. It's where you're going to find all the solutions to your problems. That represents relationships which means a lot of my solutions to my problems are going to be found through relationships. Very important. I am called to lean more into relationships and to not do everything by myself. This is my big overarching uh, lesson for this lifetime. And so knowing that the brew was actually prepared under that full moon really meant something to me. Now, on the night of the ceremony, Venus was transiting over my natal sun exactly. So the day that I was born, that is where Venus was. So it's almost like I had a rebirth of love, a rebirth of, it was almost like a resurrection, rebirth of self-worth, opening my heart, just everything. It was just so incredible and you know venus is represented by the empress card in the tarot deck um on top of that on top of that within hours actually happening towards the end of the ceremony in the morning of because it was a 10 hour ceremony uh venus then hit uranus in the sky they came together and kissed uranus is the planet of revolution it is the planet of breakthroughs liberation right it's about sudden changes that are so different than what you're used to. And it's all about in the name of your future. So with them coming together that morning, and on top of that, the moon was in Scorpio opposing all of this, directly opposing this. And what is Scorpio? Scorpio is all, all about intensity. It's all about going deep into the hidden parts of yourself and pulling up the truth, not hiding from the secrets. It's intense. The moon in Scorpio is the most intense moon we could ever ask for. And I'm just telling you right now, it was creating a lot of tension with where I was going. And so everything that I experienced was highlighted in the sky above me. Literally the stars aligned for me on this journey. There is no way else for me to look at it. Um, No way else to look at it. So before I go any further, I am going to show you guys a short video Um, of the grounds, because I want you guys to see it. Some of you have seen it in my Instagram stories, um, but I'm going to show you more here. So just bear with me while I show you here. So see, I was greeted by Nikola Tesla coming into the property, which was super cool. And I want you to see, guys, how beautiful this ground was. We're going deep into the jungle. We had to drive at least five minutes into the jungle by car to get to this place, if not longer. And we're greeted by her dogs who live on the property. And now we're actually entering into Ekamal, which is an uh, eco-friendly place here that they have a lot of events. And they're going to be doing retreats and we're now walking into the area where all the magic happened this is where all the magic happened this is the fire pit where i sat uh, the dog is going right where i sat and then this is where uh this is all surrounding the fire pit uh, this is where we would eat the next morning uh where we had vegan carrot cake for breakfast uh i tell you that's what got me through the night it was knowing i was gonna have vegan carrot cake the next morning and then you can see the fire pit. Um, that's Enzo to the left. He was doing ayahuasca for the first time and sat beside me during the journey. Oh, the part of and then the this is above the, um, the, the, the place where we ate. This is the yoga studio, open air. They have mosquito netting all the way around and this is where he retreated uh, later on. So this is the pool deck above the yoga room. And for any of you guys on, on um, Spotify, iTunes, you may wanna watch the video for this. This is the pool and the jungle at the top and the Tesla solar panels. And then we're going up even higher. We got the sunset. We were at the top of the tree line in the jungle. This was a stair tower that um, I'm going to go up to in the next shot. So you guys can see right above the jungle line. And uh, it was just so beautiful. It was such a magical place. Absolutely magical. You can see the pool down there below, um, which I really should have gone into. (laughs) And then here we are getting the 360 degree views of the jungle all around. We're so high up. It was just so beautiful to be able to do this journey where it was always intended to be done. I'm so happy I found this place. Everything truly did come together exactly as it was supposed to. Exactly as it was supposed to. And this is the fire just before we started the ceremony. And as you'll see in the distance there, those are the that's the shaman and his um, partner. And then I'm going to go up to that full that moon in Scorpio, almost full, almost full. And this is a shot right before the ceremony started. So it was magical. It was super magical. So why don't I get into the details of actual ayahuasca? We started at 9 p.m. And we went around the circle and shared what our intention was. Uh, Everyone was so kind. I don't speak Spanish very well at all. Uh, And so everyone was able to speak English uh, much better than my Spanish ever could have been. So it was really sweet of them to honor that. And uh, so we shared our intention. Um, We played, they played some music and uh, then we uh, started to drink the ayahuasca. So he called us up one at a time and the thing about this particular ayahuasca that was very different it was it's (laughs) very unique usually when you do ayahuasca you're going to take a cup of it drink it and you're going to have likely a four to five hour journey and then sometimes depending on where you're at they may say do you want to do another cup and you can have another journey this was very different (laughs) We were doing three cups in a matter of three and a half hours. So we started just after 10 o'clock and within about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, we were going to take our second cup. And then another hour to hour and 15 minutes, we're going to take our third cup. So that's a lot of ayahuasca in a three, roughly three and a half hour period. And the reason why is because thankfully one of the girls there who was, uh, from London, England, she'd been living in Mexico for a while. Um, she told me she does ayahuasca all the time. And she said, this is not like most ayahuasca's Nicole. This is going to be overly detoxing and you may get visions on the third cup, but you likely won't get visions on the first two. So she goes, the first cup is all about detox. The second cup, if you make it there and you feel like you can take it, it's going to be even a deeper detox. And then the third cup, hopefully you'll get your visions. So I'm like, okay, and I'm thinking, well, I detoxed for, you know, like two weeks prior and I've done a lot of detoxes already. I eat pretty healthy. It's not like I don't eat the total cleanest. I mean, I love my red wine. I like my margaritas. Um, You know, it's not like I'm super clean, but I think I'm pretty good for, you know, above average. I think I'm above average. So I thought, you know, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) I'm going to be okay. And well, I was, I was for a little while. I experienced one of the deepest purges of my life. So I take my first cup and from what I was witnessing from everyone else taking their cup, was that this was going to taste like the worst thing I've ever had in my mouth. And I knew that it's not supposed to taste great it is so thick whatever this was it was so thick i could have had it with a like spooning it into my mouth like it was like thicker than yogurt it was it was thick it was like mud and the girl told me just just pretend it's chocolate and just chug it and i'm like okay so i chug it and it's not as bad as i thought i was like oh that's not that bad i mean it's not great but it's not that bad So then she was like, oh my God, it's the worst. How can you say that? And I said, it's not that bad. So I sit down and um, we all sit down. We've now all taken the brew. And one of the guys who does plant medicine all the time, within five minutes of taking it, jumps over the fire pit wall, like you guys saw it, it's lower, and just runs with his bucket into the jungle and starts violently puking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? So within 20 minutes, the girl who was warning me about all of this, like really kind of trying to tell me what I was to expect, she runs out of the fire pit and starts madly puking. Like, it sounds like both of these people are dying. And I'm like, I look over at Enzo, who's a newbie just like me, and we're just kind of looking at each other going, uh, what is going on? And I asked him, I go, are you okay? He's like, I'm okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And so there were a few times I had a few waves of nausea come in, but I just kind of breathed through it, closed my eyes, focused on the fire when I could. And for the most part, I didn't really feel much. I didn't have any visions. And so I was like, okay, good. And there were moments like every time I thought, I got this, see, no problem. Instantly a wave of nausea came in and I was so humbling and I'm like, okay, Note it to self, don't ever get overzealous in where you think you are in this journey. So it now comes time to have the second cup. And this time when I go to drink it, I almost want to puke it back up because the taste, even though it's the exact same brew, it just tastes so much worse than the first time. And luckily they had um, some honey. The girl, she brought honey for us. all dip our finger in and... um, put in our mouth after we had the brew just to kind of sweeten it a little bit. Apparently, you're not allowed to drink very much water. They had a little tiny cup of us to just take a, the tiniest sip, like like the tiniest sip. Like, I don't even know if it's like maybe three drops in your mouth. Uh, we weren't allowed to take much. And so then I go and I sit down and I'm just like, oh, the taste in my mouth. It's not good. It's not good. So then I, I'm sitting there in front of the fire and I am feeling a little not like my head feels a little woozy, the nausea starts to kick in pretty soon. And within about 20 minutes, I know I'm not escaping this one. And so I'm like, oh no, I better leave the fire ceremony circle. So I grab my pail and I walk into like more of the jungle area away from people. And um, I get on my hands and knees and I'm trying to like just get ready for whatever's coming. And I have a very big fear of actual vomiting. I actually, I hate it. I I grew up, I used to pray to God, please don't let me puke. Like I'll do anything you need, whatever you ask of me, I'll do it for the rest of my life. If you can just make this nausea go away and not let me puke. Like that's that I've always had that feeling. And so this is actually facing something that I don't feel very comfortable with. But I knew I had to surrender and I prepared myself going in that no matter what happens, Nicole, you're safe and you're going to surrender and you're going to allow the process to um, to be embraced. And so I started to try to force it a little bit, like just by like trying to heave. And then all of a sudden, some of the ayahuasca started to come back up. And I was like, okay. And of course, it doesn't taste good coming back up either. And. Then it was like the floodgates opened up and I just started projectile vomiting into this bucket. Like it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I like I don't know if you guys have seen the movie. Is it is it Spaceballs or or something like that or Meatballs? I don't know whatever that movie from the 80s is where there's like a hot dog eating contest. And then all of a sudden, like everyone just starts like projectile vomiting. That is what was in my mind because I was like, this is the most violent vomiting I've ever experienced in my entire life. And on top of that, because we're in the jungle, there's mosquitoes everywhere. And the mosquitoes, I think, is what actually hindered my entire process uh, because I could never get comfortable. And I think that's why I didn't have any visions through this part of the journey. Uh, I was wearing jogging pants, a sweatshirt because I wanted to cover as much skin as possible. It's 85 degrees and humid in the jungle of Mexico. And I'm like, now I'm sweating. I'm like crying through my eyes. I got snot coming out of my nose. I'm vomiting into a bucket. Like there's nothing that's going to be left of me. And I'm just like, where, who pays for this experience? Like, why did I pay for this experience? And I just was like, maybe I should have like listened to a few other experiences. Like I knew people had this experience, but this was really intense, uh, like Scorpio intense. And so finally, finally, it kind of comes to an end and the shaman had come come over to me and he started, he was kind of like clearing all my energy with his, um, his like leaf thing that's on a, Dick, like, you know, like the, that they use. I don't know what they are called. I'm sorry. I'm totally ignorant. Excuse my ignorance. Um, but, you know, like he was clearing the energy. He was hitting me with it. Um, and then he had this kind of, I want to say, I felt like it was like a lemon citronella kind of liquid, more watery. And he started like pouring it um, on my hands. He was rubbing it on my, the back of my neck. He started rubbing it all over my face and my hair uh, on my lower back. And then he started to just like just relax just relax and i was kind of like just sitting on the ground I, I knew the the vomiting was done i was feeling a lot better um and he just starts massaging me as deeply with like his hands and his elbows into my back and into my neck like oh god it felt so good i was like thank you for this this i was not expecting as part of the ceremony Um, and I really needed, I felt really taken care of in that moment. Like I felt like someone was there to make sure I was okay. He was chanting some stuff and eventually like I was okay. And of course someone else is puking, so you had to go over to them. So at this point I'm like, wow, um, that I was not thinking was going to happen. And if it had, if I had vomit, I didn't know it was going to be anything like that. So at the same time, I'm also thinking, I made it through cup too, which means I'm going to get my third cup and get to my visions. So I'm like, cool. I got up. I'm walking around. I feel so much better. I'm sitting at the fire. Everything feels great. So it comes time. It's now 1.15 in the morning and we're getting ready to have the third cup for anyone who wishes to do the third cup. It's total voluntary, like you go by how you feel in your own body. And so, of course, me, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm gonna do it. That's why I came here. I came here for the visions, right? Right? That's what I thought. So, I take the next cup, and of course, it just tastes even worse the third time. And, um, oh, it's just like the taste of it. So, I go to lie down. I had a little bed on the grounds outside of the fire ceremony and i had a towel over top of me to prevent the mosquitoes from actually eating me through my clothes and i had brought my jean jacket and threw it over my head but i could still hear the mosquitoes buzzing around my ears and it was just so uncomfortable i'm like i can't focus i can't focus so i decided you know what i know i'm supposed to stay down here but i this is my journey i'm going up into the yoga Um, room studio on the second level where there's mosquito netting, like blocking out all the mosquitoes and I'm going up to lie down up there. And so I went up there and this is where when I laid down, I I know I was starting to have some sort of visions, but I was so exhausted by this point. I mean, it's 1.30, two o'clock in the morning. My body's been through a lot. And so I'm just wanting to rest. I'm like, I'm so tired. After about I want to say an hour or so, I decide to like roll onto my left side. I'm like, you know what? I just want to be in fetal position. And so I roll over onto my left side and that is probably the biggest mistake I made because as soon as I did that, the nausea hit me again in such a ferocious way that I knew I had to get downstairs quick. (laughs) And I couldn't breathe my way out of that one. And so, of course, I run back downstairs, I look for my pail, and I go right back to my spot where I feel comfortable (laughs) throwing up. And at this point, because they told us, they're like, listen, it's either going to come out of this end or it's going to come out of the other end. Don't be afraid to use the bathroom um, as well. And at this point, I didn't know where it was going to be coming out of. I was like, this is intense. This is intense. So, I paced around for about 10 minutes trying to like get it moving. And then finally I was like, okay. And I got over the bucket and again, violently throwing up. And I'm like, where is this all coming from? I'd been eating lightly. All I had was an acai bowl in the morning. I couldn't believe that all of this was coming out of me. Now here is what I have to say about probably the most important part of this entire journey. The one thing that was so distinct to me it was absolutely impossible for me to not notice it was that during the first and the second time that i was vomiting it did not feel like i was vomiting from my stomach or my guts it felt like my heart was throwing up and i remember seeing in my third eye like black clouds coming out of me from my heart. And it was so obvious to me. It was something I couldn't even, um, it couldn't even evade me during the most violent parts of my throwing up. Like I, it was so obvious to me. And I really truly believe that I received what I needed to receive Despite the fact that I was disappointed, I didn't have the visions I was hoping to have on this experience yet. (laughs) So I finish vomiting. I had to use the bathroom as well. Um, And I finally, I go back up to the yoga room because there's no mosquitoes up there. And a couple people thought that was pretty smart as well and joined me up there and uh, I managed to, I think, sleep maybe 30 minutes, and all I prayed for was the sun to come up. I'm like, this, I just want this to be over. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm ready for it to be done. And around 5:30, I could hear people gathering around the ceremony, the fire downstairs, and they started singing and they started playing instruments. And so I'm like, Nicole, you, you got to go back down there. Like, it's rude if you stay up here. Like, be part of the ceremony. And so. I went back down and I sat there and I was so out of it. I was like, wow, I just went through something. I don't know what, but I went through it. And just during the closing ceremony, one of the guys who um, was doing the ayahuasca, he was sitting two people over from me. He picked up one of the guitars and he started playing it. And then he started to sing a song in Spanish and I don't know Spanish very well. So I really didn't know what he was singing, but he had the most beautiful voice, so gentle, so full of love and compassion. And I heard the word Amore. And as soon as I heard that word, it triggered an unleashing of emotions in me that came from I don't know where all of a sudden I got very upset and I just started crying. And I I just, I, of course, everyone's like, we're all sitting in a circle looking at each other and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. So I just kind of put my hands in my face and I'm like, Nicole, just surrender. You said you were going to surrender, let it go, let it go. And I just started bawling into my eyes or into my eyes, into my hands. And I knew in that moment, Although I don't know exactly what happened, something happened with my heart. And I felt very open. Um, Something allowed things to come through that previously were not allowed to come through. And so I want to share with you guys a short video. This is the first video diary I made. This was still on the property about an hour after the closing ceremony. I had just had my vegan uh, carrot cake and uh, I wanna play this for you. So this is where you're gonna see uh, some rawness and you're gonna see that I look like I've gone through it. Uh, I'm a little out of it. So, and I'm processing stuff. Like I don't even know what's happened to me. So here we go the morning after my ayahuasca ceremony <laughs> as you can tell i've been through the wringer of course the first time i do it it is an, a very unusual ayahuasca taken in three cups and the first two are for detoxing and the last one is for visions I didn't really have any visions with this Um, it was an all-out purge but what was really interesting was that my intention was to open my heart and to clear what needed to be cleared that was preventing more of my heart from opening And when I was purging which I will say was very violent it felt like it was coming from my heart so I am still really out of it I'm gonna sit with this more I know something cleared because in the Closing ceremony, um, as soon as one of the guys started to play the guitar and sing, I just broke into, out into tears. So <sighs> see something emotional definitely shifted. I just don't know what it is yet. There were so many moments that I was very uncomfortable. And I question why I ever decided to do this. It was literally like torture. (sighs) But now that I'm through it, it only feels like it's really beginning. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Which is why I'm just recording now because I don't know when I'm gonna actually post anything so I will um, continue on okay and I will say that um, The message I got from Ayahuasca that morning was that although the ceremony journey was over, my journey with her was only beginning. And I know that to be true in this moment because she is still opening things and the journey only got more intense as I went through that this last week. Um, I want to also say that the reason why I was so uncomfortable aside from the obvious of vomiting and being sweaty and like clothes, like being hot, it was because of the mosquitoes. Um, and I'm just not someone who has a, I have a very low tolerance for mosquitoes. So anyone who's going to be doing this, you want to do it in the jungle. You really do. Deet, if I'm not a supporter of it. I know it's poison, but dude, like if you want to have your most ex- awesome experience, like soak up in that stuff or wrap mosquito netting around you. I don't know. And maybe have a flap for you to open where your mouth is so you can puke into a bucket later <laughs> because like, I I, I, I know I will do it again one day. And if I do, one, apparently you can get leather socks. I'm going to find leather socks because those will not let the mosquitoes through and bite your ankles and your feet. I can't tell you how many mosquito bites I left from with that, in that place. Uh, but I would bring uh, citronella candles with me. I would bring an electric fan and ask them for an extension cord to plug in and have the wind blowing on me constantly because mosquitoes don't like wind. Uh, yeah, I would do some of this stuff. I have no shame. Like, it's my journey. And if this is what's going to make me comfortable, I know the reason why... Part of the reason why I didn't have the visions was because I was so uncomfortable in my own body from like the mosquitoes and the heat. And just, I felt so uncomfortable. So that being said, let me share with you the next video diary that I took. This was just after breakfast. I had gotten back to my hotel. I'd had breakfast and I had just arranged a shuttle with the guy downstairs to take me to a beach club because I really wanted to be on the beach. Uh, and there was something that I noticed about my interaction with him. So it's just a few hours later and I've managed to get some food in my belly and the detox is still happening. Um, I noticed something different about me in the last couple of hours. I've been observing some things and um, I'm softer. I feel a lot softer and I really want to connect with everyone I'm talking to. like um i just i don't know it's it's like i'm drawn to really make sure i'm humanizing everyone i speak to and really taking time to really connect with them i think one of the things i've always um, known about myself and observed about myself is I have a tendency sometimes to just be um, like listening to someone like th- And this isn't like, obviously in my sessions or anything with clients, but just in like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to the grocery store, you're talking to the cashier or talking to someone in passing. And sometimes even when I'm just talking to my friends, Um, I'm not fully present and I'm not truly connecting. Not in the way that I know I'm capable of. And I don't know why I've done that. It's something I've observed, but I haven't really questioned why and I don't know. Something's very different. In a good way. In a really good way. Um, I'm just gonna keep doing some of these little video diaries because I wanna document it while it's raw. And most of all, I'll have it for myself, but then I can eventually share it with you guys. Um, but I feel softer and. There's um, a peace. there's a certain level of peace within me right now, which I don't know if it's just because what I went through is very exhausting. (laughs) My body went through a lot last night. But um, little bits and pieces are starting to come through. I'm about to head to a beach club now because I really want to be on the beach and put my toes in the sand and be by water and be able to just submerge myself in water, which obviously represents our emotions. And I think the sea too, if it's not rough, going in the salt water will also be further detoxifying. (sighs) Okay, that's it for now. Okay so noticing how much softer I felt was very palpable to me how much my heart was opening to connecting with anyone who was coming into contact with me was very palpable and uh, that has stayed with me since then it wasn't just like a, an afterglow <laughs> of my ayahuasca purge And it was good because it was starting to help me really reflect on perhaps where I hold myself back or don't allow myself to connect. Uh, And I think part of this will become more clear when I share how much came through in my psilocybin journey, which was so much more intense from a vision perspective and clarity perspective than I could have ever Imagined. I was hoping to get it in ayahuasca. Um, But I think what I needed with ayahuasca was that heart clearing. There was something so heavy on my heart that was just not allowing me to get to the place that I really wanted to get to to explore uh, the depth of my own heart and the depth of my own relationships in a way that's a lot more meaningful. And so one of the things I, just before I move on to the psilocybin, I want to say that there were more things I noticed post ayahuasca. The other thing that I noticed was, um, the next day, within a day or two, usually I have a lot of fears and anxieties that come up around a certain situation and it's been plaguing me for the last, I want to say 18 months to two years and I'm not someone who usually experiences anxiety Uh, and it's kind of started to kick in a few years ago. I noticed that I wasn't feeling it. I I was like, where are my anxieties? I'm supposed to be anxious right now. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, they're gone because my mind, my mind was trying to get me to connect with the anxiety. But my heart and my body were like, no, we're not interested. Doesn't mean anything to us anymore. And it was so wild to observe that. And I'm like, wow. Then I've also noticed I have been sleeping so deeply ever since. Like I, that peace that I mentioned in this video that I have in my heart, it's like I feel it all through me. Like there's a certain level of peace now that, has been restored from whatever was purged from my heart that night I took the ayahuasca and I will say this, the night after my ayahuasca, I did have a very interesting dream. My dreams have been so vivid. I had a dream with Elon Musk. Which I don't know if it was triggered from seeing Nikola Tesla um, on the on the the you know the gates going into the property uh because I wasn't paying attention to anything really going on in the news or like I've really pulled myself away from a lot of that. So but I did. I, I had a dream we were kind of standing on Earth together, and he was telling me about like, yeah, there's there's a we can get to the moon, but we have to go to a ship first. There's a stopover on a ship in our atmosphere. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. And I was like, I knew there was always a way to the moon. And so him and I decide to go up to this ship, but we're just going up together like our bodies. Like there's nothing around us. We're not wearing suits. Like it's, we're just consciously moving ourselves. And this is how we always see myself in dreams. Like whenever I'm moving, um, when I'm flying through the sky or whatever, it's like it's all powered by your consciousness. And so we just start going up into the sky and all of a sudden there's the biggest ship I've ever seen hovering way up in our atmosphere. There's different lights. There's other little tiny ships coming out of it. And I'm just like, wow, this has been here the whole time. And this is the stopover before you go to the moon. And so, um, that was a really fun dream to have, uh, immediately after my ayahuasca journey. So, um, that is kind of where I want to say the very conscious parts of ayahuasca um, ends uh, for now. I know that there is more in store. Like I know that the plant can stay in you for quite a long time and continue to work. And, um, and I believe that's happening, especially I did hear her message. Your journey is only beginning despite the ceremony being over. And so why don't we move over into the psilocybin part? Because this is where all the visions came in. This is where all the clarity came in. And I feel like this is a part where so many of you are going to get so much value from what I discovered. I know so many of you are going to relate to this. I feel like this is going to empower so many of you. And I think it speaks to how much is hidden in plain sight that is in our unconscious, but it's literally in front of us and we don't even know it. So before I talk about the psilocybin, I want to say that one of my big revelations comes in around my father. And I don't know if he's going to be listening to this. I don't know. I, I, I doubt he will, but I just want to say this. Dad, I love you so much. You're the best father I could have ever asked for. Um, I know my dad loves me so much. I know a lot of his motivations all come from his understanding of love. Um, he's a father. He's expressing himself as a father. But I also know that he's gone through certain traumas that are not mine to share here. And I know that they are working through him unconsciously and being imprinted onto me. And this was made very clear to me in the psilocybin journey. So I want to say that Whatever I'm going to talk about, I know this is not what my father intends at all. In fact, he has probably no idea that he's doing it or understands that this is how I've been feeling. Um, He's the best dad I could have ever asked for. And um, he should be very proud of the man he is and the father he is to me, considering everything he's been through. And I just want to say that. But I have to be also fair to my experience and... How things make me feel and um, so why don't we get into this journey and because I may forget I do want to say that once I get through the majority of my experience here with psilocybin I am going to play the audio with a few photos from that day um, of the very very raw processing and recounting Uh, literally at look within, like this may have been around hour seven or eight. Um, I was still experiencing the mushrooms at that point still. Uh, and I, I express a very deep range of emotions. It's going to sound like I'm broken. I want to say that what I was truly feeling was a final liberation of finally feeling free. And there was so much release through all the motions, which I needed to feel. I'll totally understand if anyone feels uncomfortable listening to it. Uh, don't um, cause it's way more raw than what I've shown in the first two videos. And I've, it'll be about 17 minutes long. So just so you know, when I get to that point, all right, let's get into it. You know, after coming back from, ayahuasca, I knew, I had been, my friend Luis, who's also um, a coach, he uses uh, plant medicine uh, to assist his clients in journeys to help them with their breakthroughs. And him and I become very good friends over uh, the last, uh, this year. And he had suggested that maybe I want to try a psilocybin journey. And I was actually very open to that. Uh, I don't know if I expressed that to him, but I knew deep down, like I wanted to do it. However, I wanted to experience the ayahuasca first and then do the, um, psilocybin. And once I started to come back from the ayahuasca journey, I realized I wanted to do the psilocybin almost immediately. Uh, I just knew it I knew I felt like you know what I am super cleaned out now from the ayahuasca a lot of blocks have been removed I just feel very much like this is going to be a very powerful experience for me Mm -hmm. and it just felt like the two were going to work very synergistically together so he really helped me get clear about my intention going in which again I can't stress to you guys enough how important intention is when you're using plant medicine in a very ceremonial way. And the intention was so well formulated, in my opinion, that I truly received everything I needed to receive in that moment. And my intention was, help me accept the greatest version of myself and show me how to actualize it now. And the part where I asked to help me accept the greatest version of myself is so key. It is so key. And you guys are going to see how important that part of the intention was to receiving the visions and the clarity that I did. I received so many messages. Um, So he helped me work on that intention for about 36 hours before the ceremony. And it wasn't until the morning of that we came up with that intention And um, he had chosen a very cool location uh, by the creek. Uh, So there was the river um, and the mountains are still melting. So there's a lot of water rushing through. And um, we found a little kind of cove in the forest uh, off the main path walking along the river. And so we set up our... um, we set up our blankets and our meditation cushions, and he had candles, and we had my singing bowl, and um, just it was very ceremonial. And uh, I went to, while he was setting up, he asked me to go to maybe go sit by the river and just, you know, give him 15 minutes. And so when I went to the river, I was just sitting there and I'm kind of dipping my toes in the water. It was pretty cold, um, but it was refreshing. And I remember looking at the water and thinking, because it was moving pretty fast over a lot of the different boulders and things. And I remember thinking, wow, that doesn't look very safe. Like I got to be careful. I could get taken away in that. If I go in too far, this is very important to understand going forward. Why like from this mindset to what came through in the end. And so I was like, okay, Nicole, if at any point, because I was wearing my bathing suit underneath my clothes, I was like, if at any point you want to go in the water while you're on the shrooms, just remember you thought that this was unsafe. So be really careful when you're getting into the water and you don't do anything stupid. Okay. So I was telling myself this as I was like, kind of like, you know, trying to go to my future self that's on shrooms and like trying to like pass the message on, like, don't be an idiot and do anything stupid. So, Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. So, we get into the ceremony, and he gets the mushrooms ready. And I, I gotta tell you guys, this is really awesome. So the mushrooms that I used were called Penis Envy. And uh, apparently they're about 20% more potent than usual mushrooms. And they actually look like little tiny penises. Uh, and Luis had a very interesting method of administering them. And it's called Tekking, T-E-K-K-I-N-G. And what this is, is he soaked the mushrooms in lemon juice about 15 or 20 minutes, I think, approximately before I was to drink it. So he had at least, I think, a half a cup of lemon juice in this little bowl. And we put the mushrooms in and he was just kind of stirring and we're talking and he's just kind of getting me ready to go, like, just kind of going over everything again together and... Apparently, the lemon juice, because um, of the, the acid, start to break the mushroom down so that one, it's a lot softer when it gets inside your belly. But two, your journey starts in 20 minutes versus waiting 45 minutes and the visions come in way more intensely than if you didn't do the teching. And on top of that, the big bonus is it really helps to remove the potential of nausea. I didn't have any nausea the whole time I was uh, tripping. (laughs) Okay, and I was tripping. So, and it was a really nice thing to finally go from like the ayahuasca intense nausea um, purge to this very lighthearted, I'm so comfortable, we're going on a ride kind of journey. So, um, I take the mushrooms around noon and it's a beautiful day. It's like hundred degrees outside, but we're under the shade, uh, sunny. And so within about 15 minutes of taking it, I started to feel it. And I'm like, Louise, it's starting. <laughs> and, um, of course I laugh so much when I'm on mushrooms. And I think it's one of the reasons why I love them so much. Uh, I actually don't agree. Like um, weed doesn't agree with me at all. I've tried it once or twice and everyone keeps telling me, no, i just try it again. I'm like, no, no, I know my body. It just doesn't work with me. It doesn't agree. But mushrooms, they're my happy place. So um, basically as I'm starting to get the visions, so now the visions are coming in, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, these visions. Like, this is what I was hoping for in ayahuasca. And um, so the visions are coming in really strongly. And so him knowing what my intention is, he starts to ask me, okay, before we started, he said, you're going to be using a machete to go through and chop down all the vines that are in your way on your path. You're blocking you from your destination, your goals, your dreams, and... He's like let's look where do you see well what is one of the bigger vines that's showing up in your path what's holding you back and i instantly knew it was my dad like i it it, and it's so weird for me to say that because i had no idea i was i had no idea that that was the case going into it but all of a sudden like it just was right there it's my dad and even louisa this told that was a total curveball for me i like all the times i've been speaking to you you've never talked about your dad in that way and i'm like i know because my dad and i have an amazing relationship we're so good right now like I don't know like it's just but it was so obvious and it hit me as soon as I said it I started crying because it was so emotional like I felt it and I said he imposes limits on me based on his fear and I don't think he wants to see all of me or he doesn't know how to see all of me and of course this is my perception this is all my perception okay And so at this moment, I get a very clear vision and I'm being shown a massive spider, like a massive tarantula-like spider. This spider is so big, it is the size of a house. And I am underneath the spider, okay? And I am like an ant underneath the spider, and we're in like a cave and I can see outside the cave. And there's like this gorgeous jungle, like lush, beautiful rainforest type jungle. I even see a beach in the distance. And all I wanna do is go out there and explore. Like it's not the cave that is dark and like lonely. And I don't know, just dank. Like it's just, it's, it's just, it's a cave, right? So he, I said in this moment, I remember, I actually remember saying this too. I, he asked me if I was scared of the spider and I said, no, the spider is trying to protect me. And I knew the spider was my father. And the fact that the spider was so large, um, goes to show how much, um, of an effect it has on my unconscious mind. So I said, I feel like I'm being imprisoned and kept small. I feel like I'm being imprisoned from my own greatness. So even though the spider legs in one perception were trying to keep me safe from what was out there, I saw the legs as prison bars to my own greatness, keeping me from my own greatness. And I was really emotional and crying. I was really sad about this. And so I, you know, I said, I don't know who I can trust. I can't trust anyone because I don't think my dad deep down trusts me to make the best decisions for myself. Now, I don't think he would say that consciously, um, but unconsciously, that's what I perceive And so I was like, I'm looking around, like, who can I trust? And Luis asked me, he goes, well, what's the consequence of this? And I said, I felt like I needed to be alone. And so the only way to survive was I have to be alone. And he said, are you afraid to trust others? And I said, it's not that I'm scared to trust others. I don't know where to start. And he said, I got very emotional here. It was was like just this really somber, slow cry. Like it was like almost maybe like a gentle cry, but just like this a realization of this sadness starting to come out in grief. And he said, there was so much grief coming from you that it felt like from his perception that I was realizing how much I had missed out on as a consequence of needing to be alone. And in this moment, my heart was really opening. So whatever ayahuasca opened with my heart, psilocybin was blowing the whole thing open. It was exploding. At this point, construction begins. (laughs) And I had to ask Luis three separate times. Is there construction going on around us? Because the river that was only maybe 20 feet away from us was super loud. And I remember going, oh, wow, that's going to drown out any kind of um, like, you know, background noise that I may hear. And I could hear everything. My senses were so blown open that there was apparently construction going on, but he didn't hear it until the third time I asked. And he had to go out and kind of search for it. I was feeling the ground moving every time things got dropped or were dumped and I could hear the beeping of the, uh, the, the construction trucks like moving back like back in reverse. And but how it was showing up for me in my visions was a bulldozer was clearing my path. So you know how, like I said, he asked me to take in my machete. I didn't need a machete. I had a freaking bulldozer. And this bulldozer was going through and it was clearing the path. And not only was it clearing the path, I saw concrete being poured down. It was making sure nothing else could get in my way and grow back. That was really important. What I also realized was then he's like, okay, what else is happening? I said, there's a reconstruction of my DNA is happening right now. I saw my DNA spiraling and it was getting all lit up in different colors. It was all lit up like purples and pinks and blues. And it just kept spinning and spinning. And I just kept this getting this message. Your DNA is being reconstructed. And then I saw like my ancestors, female ancestral faces, like showing up in my DNA and I was like, Oh my God, they just kept like coming in and then out and coming in and then out. And, um, it was just wild. And then I saw this feline being, and it was kind of tanned color and there was like sand. And, um, he was asking me, um, uh, like who is this feline being? And I said, it's a galactic feline being from Egypt. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And so Egyptian energy was definitely coming through. And I guess I think through the DNA, like just getting reconstructed, reconnected, all that stuff. Now, at this point, at this point, I had asked Luis to turn off the music. I had asked him to give me the headphones, the noise cancellation headphones. And I had my eye mask on to block out all the light. And um, I needed him to stop talking to me. And it was just—it was so overwhelming. There was so much going on that I was like, "I can't, I can't connect with everything. Like, I just need to go in." And so um, he comes up to me and he asks me, "He's like, are you okay? Like, where are you right now?" And I said, "I feel wonderful." He said, "At this point, I had the biggest smile on my face. I looked so happy." And I said, "I'm being supported by the cosmic mother." I'm in the cosmic womb. And I remember being in the cosmic womb where I felt so supported and so nurtured and so taken care of. Everything was just like so warm and cozy and just, oh, it was amazing. It was so amazing. And um, so he afterwards said to me, he's like, how cool is it that you went to the one place where we are the most supported in our entire life? You know in the womb of our mother so then at this point um more construction is happening on my path being cleared and all of a sudden i start hearing engines roaring like they're starting to get worked up and it feels it sounds like a plane is getting ready to take off and i understood because now i'm still seeing my dna spinning And it's almost like I'm going to take off with my DNA. Like, it's almost like my DNA is going to take off. And so I hear the engines and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And I'm so excited. The engines just get louder, faster, louder, faster. And then just as I think I'm about to take off, boom, it all stops and shuts down. And I'm like, what just happened? Who just hit the kill switch? And I knew instantly I have got to find out what just happened. And I just went in there looking. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, where, what just caused this to happen? And I instantly found it and it was two things. The first one was my dad and the second one was me. And so I really started to realize that this was actually a pattern I've noticed in my life where I am ready to, I've, I've started working on something. I've got a great opportunity. I'm about to take off. And then all of a sudden it all fucking falls apart. And I'm like, and I don't ever understand what's happening. Like what just happened? And it's the fear of falling. It's the fear that it's too much. And it's that idea that maybe I'm not going to be safe. Because it's so unknown to me, like where I'm going. (sighs) The good thing is, is that I was able to restart the engines. And then I took off. And where I went was amazing. So the next thing I know is I'm in a white jungle, an all white jungle. And like the paths are white, the trees are white, the leaves are white. white. Everything's white. Everything's white. And then, and it's very much like an avatar, like you know, the jungle and avatar, but it's just all white. And then all of the edges of everything start lighting up in rainbow colors. Like some are lighting up in blue, some are lighting up in orange, purples, pinks, reds, greens, yellow. It's just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm like, this is the coolest place I've ever been to. And it was just so wild. And I'm like, wow. And I was talking to a friend yesterday about this particular vision, and he says, Nicole, it feels like you're getting a blank slate, like you entered a blank slate of adventure. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And he said, and I feel like the white represents the purity in your heart for where you're going. And I said, yeah, but also the lights lighting up to me represented all of the potential and all of the possibilities, all of the different ways I could color my canvas. And so it was really cool that that where I took off to was now like a whole blank slate and now I get to make it whatever I want. And then the next thing I knew, I was in an open air temple on top of all I know is it was the top that was very very made very prominent to me that wherever this temple was, it was the top of something. And it was, again, very pure place. It felt very heavenly. It was all white and all very, very light pastel pink colors. And I feel very much that I was in another dimension. This was a temple that felt very ancient. It felt very mystical. It felt like it was in a completely different dimension that I believe existed here on earth at some point, or maybe even still exists right now. And in this moment, I heard that my intuition and mysticism are very important to my success. I am not to diminish it or hide it. And I was like, okay. And I remember telling Luis this. Then the next thing I know is they put a spotlight on me and they said this is where you belong we need you to get here and i think that they meant like the temple like um you need to the the top the temple wherever this is um get comfortable being in the spotlight and get comfortable with all eyes on you and when they said that i got extremely emotional very very emotional because I was releasing this realization that I don't know how to allow myself to be seen at that level. Like I'm only comfortable with a certain amount, but like globally, like it, it that I, which is, I know where my guides have been pushing me for the last year. Um, they're like, we need you to start pushing yourself way beyond where you've been And so this was made very, very, very clear to me. Now, in this temple, I also saw another feline being. This was a very full white cat, um, feline being, and it had electric cyan blue eyes, no pupils, just piercing cyan blue eyes. And it was speaking to me telepathically, although I cannot remember what it was saying to me. And for all I know, maybe it was the one sharing all this with me. I don't know. But what a beautiful being. Lyrin energy, 100%. So throughout all of this happening, I am getting blasted with white light into my pineal gland. So while this is all happening, I most of it's coming in through the left side, which makes sense because... The left side is the feminine side, which um, represents our heart, our emotions, our intuition. And I did get it coming in through the right, but it was, I would say, 70% coming in through the left. And it felt like I was just kept getting blasted with white light to my pineal gland, almost like, like someone comes in and sandblasts something. Like it was just white light everywhere. And I knew at that moment, every time that was happening, that my intuition was getting upgraded and unblocked. And then they showed me as a mother. And I heard them say, some of your work will only begin when you are a mother. And then they showed me my son. And I saw him at, well, it's what I believe. It's who I believe will be my son. I I believe that. At least that's what the impression I was given. It may not be, but um, I saw him at different ages and he was wearing a baseball cap backwards. And when I saw him, I had a massively huge heart opening. Like my heart just blew wide open. I'm like, oh my gosh, so intense. Like so much love, so much love. And while this is all like, I'm having this beautiful heart opening and I'm enjoying it. And there's like other stuff that's happening in this moment. And then I have this realization. It hits me. Why am I doing this journey alone? I don't need to do this journey alone. Luis is right here with me. Why have I shut him out and chose to do this journey alone when I have support right here with me? And it goes back to this idea that I need to be alone. I can't trust anyone. I don't, or it's not that I can't, I don't know how to trust. I don't know how to allow the support in because I've always done things. Everything's on my own. And in that moment, because I was on mushrooms, I started laughing. Ugh, there were so many, like, like one minute I'm laughing, the next minute I'm crying in sadness. Like, it's just like a full range of emotions. You, you any, any person who doesn't know would probably think I was psychotic. Um, and I was like, this is so fucking silly. I don't have to do this alone. And I'm not going to do it alone. And I just ripped off the headphones. I ripped off my eye mask. And I look around and Louise isn't there. And I'm like, huh. And I look and I see the trail mix and I'm like, I wanna eat some trail mix. So I start like eating trail mix and this is about two and a half hours in. I am at the peak of my visions right now. I am so peaking right now. And I'm like, just like sitting like a little kid, like just eating my trail mix. And I'm like, I don't have to do this alone. I'm not gonna do it alone anymore. And in that moment, I knew I broke the program. I was so hyper aware. The program just broke. And so I'm like, I got to go find him. And so I run out of our little, little safe cove that we had saying that no one could really see us. And I come out and the place, the whole river is filled, like along the edges. Everyone, there's so many people there in bathing suits, like people are walking along the path. And I'm like, oh, my God, where are all these people come from? And so Luis sees me. He's like, oh, my God, you're up. And I said, yeah. And I was like, Luis, I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do it alone. He's like, isn't it so wonderful? And I'm like, yeah. I go, how stupid. And, you know, I'm like, how like I silly. Don't, like, I don't think I use the word stupid. I think I use the word silly. And so he comes back with me into our little like cove, whatever. And like, we're just kind of chatting. I'm filling him in on everything that's been happening. And, you know, I'm like drinking water. And then all of a sudden I'm like, he's getting so like, he's, he's like s- saying stuff to me. But at the same time, I'm like, I've been so serious. I need to lighten up. And I'm like, I'm too serious, Luis. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've been way too serious. I need to lighten up. And I was like, why have I been so serious? Like, why do I get so serious? I'm like, I need to laugh more. I need to have more fun. And then he's like, he's like getting like, trying to like go into it deeper. And I'm like, I have to pee. I, I have to go pee now. And so he's like, okay. And I was like, you know what? I, I thought I was going to go in the bushes. And... Um, It's like, no, I want to go in the water. So I took off my, I had my bathing suit underneath my clothes. I took off my clothes and I go towards the river and I am still remembering the message I told myself before I started the journey. And so there's a few girls, like I would say they're in their like late teens, early twenties, like a few of them sitting on some of the rocks on the outside of the river. And so I'm going in there and I'm like very aware that I'm very high and uh, I'm like, okay, I really have to pee. And so I get into the water a little bit. It's a little shallow and I go to sit on this rock and I'm like, okay, where I need to go deep enough so I can submerge is on the other side of this rock. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I'm like, oh, but it's so cold. And so I'm sitting there and I just feel like, you know, when you're high, you think everyone's watching you. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can get in though. And so I start like splashing the water over my legs, you know, and I start splashing it over me so that to get the rock wet because I'm realizing, and this is gonna just, you guys are gonna die when I tell you this, but full disclosure, I'm like, what if I just start peeing on the rock and I just keep rinsing water over myself, then I don't have to get in the water. And so I did that, I just start peeing on the rock and I just keep like splashing water on myself. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is working. No one knows, no one's gonna know. I'm sure a lot of people knew. Um, and then I realized I can smell my pee. This isn't good, Nicole, this isn't working. And I dunked myself in the river and then I like washed the rock and I was like, okay. And I was like, ah, so much happier now. (laughs) And so I finally like get back on my rock and I'm just sitting there, And you're going to see it. You're going to see a picture of me sitting on the rock in the audio that I'm going to share with you soon. Um, And so I'm sitting on the rock and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to leave. I don't want to go back into the safe place. I want to stay out here where all the action is. I want to stay out here where all the fun is. And so I'm not going to go back. I'm just going to sit here. And so I was watching the water and of course everything is HD like absolute HD. And I'm looking at the water and like, I can see the bubbles. Like I've never been able to see bubbles, the movement of the water, the sound of the water, like everything is H fucking D and it's blowing my mind. And then the water starts talking to me. So I start having a conversation with the water. It has messages for me. And so the first um, message was, um, that the water was representing my abundance. Um, and the river wanted me to know this. And so it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Like I get it. And as I'm like watching, I'm like also noticing like, oh wow, I can slow the water down with my perception and I can speed it up. And so I'm like, I'm kind of playing with like how I can speed things up and slow things down. And (laughs) But then the water gets so intense, like it gets really intense. And I'm like, oh, my God, the sound's getting really a lot. The um, the movement of the water is starting to like make me like spin out a little bit. The bubbles, everything. It feels like the water, the river just got so much faster. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. This is so much. This is so much. I think I need to go back to my spot that's safe and it was just sensory overwhelm like i was so overwhelmed by everything but at the same time i didn't want to go back to my safe place but i'm like oh my god i'm so overwhelmed and then i heard the water say to me stay with your abundance do not leave from the overwhelm and i had and i realized that i had learned in that moment how i leave when it becomes too much. Like, just before, like, this is the kill switch. Just as I'm about to go into a new level, like, you know, where it's going to take me into a place I've never experienced that will likely bring in more abundance and whoever knows whatever way it's coming in. I, like, get overwhelmed and I'm unconsciously self-sabotaging myself in God knows how many different ways because it's too much. I have to go back to where it's safe. And in this moment, it's becoming so crystal clear how often I've done that without even realizing I'm doing it. And so then the water says to me, you must get comfortable receiving more than you ever knew possible. We need you to be able to receive so much more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And so I stayed. And I'm like, I'm not leaving this time. I'm going to receive I'm going to receive. And Oh my gosh. It didn't take long for me to adjust and feel really comfortable with the sensory overwhelm. And it was just so cool how I watched all that. So at this moment, all the dots are starting to connect with me. The water, it's moving. And and actually this is something I've realized about myself that whenever I'm needing answers to something, it usually comes in when I'm super active. Like if I'm on a rollerblade, or I'm going for a run, or I'm on a hike, like or I'm dancing, or like whenever I'm moving, I seem to get the most clarity or receive the answers that I need. So I'm not surprised that this is how it all came in. So in this moment, I understood that while I was struggling to receive the support I needed, to push me into the greatest version of myself because I'd never received that from my family in the way that I needed because they didn't understand where I wanted to go. Like, and I think it's because of the work that I do and it's a little out there and you know, the stuff that I talk to talk about, it's not exactly, you know, normal conversation for everyone. And I totally understand that. This isn't like a dig at them. Like I get it, but, I don't think anyone truly understands where my dreams are and what hopes and aspirations I have for myself. And I've never had that support that actually says, yeah, I'm saying yes to that part of you. You can do this and pushes me out of my comfort zone. You know, when, when you're a kid and you're, 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 I remember when my dad wanted to teach me how to ride my bicycle without the training wheels, you know, like he's like, no, you can do this. You're going to do this. And he's like, took the training wheels off and he held this, he held it with his hand while I was saying, he's like, okay, you can do this. You're going to go. I never had that though, for where I really wanted to go, where my heart's dreams are and where I truly envision myself. And so the other interesting thing is though, and you guys don't know this. But over the last nine months, I've had three separate men walk into my life who have a very fatherly energy to, the, to me. Like, that's how I perceive it. It feels more fatherly. And all three of them see the potential in me that a part of me kind of saw. You know, they connected with that part of me and have been presenting opportunities to me that really want to expand that part give that they're saying yes to that part of me and they're pushing me by giving me things and asking me to do things and wanting to bring me on presenting me with opportunities that would totally push me way out of my comfort zone but would totally open the door to everywhere that I want to go with my aspirations and my life purpose and I realized that I started to ponder like maybe my birth father right now And I don't think that he won't ever be him and I haven't even had a conversation about this yet. I don't know. Like maybe he will be able to be a really big cheerleader for me, or maybe he won't. And you know, and that's okay. I I don't know. I don't know. But maybe I don't need him to be, um, right now because I have three outside fatherly supports that are ready. And maybe I just need to focus on that. And To be fair, I haven't even shared this stuff with my dad, like what I really want to do. So he doesn't even know, you know, and so that's my fault. And so I started to ponder the possible, this possible, this belief that I believe was holding me back of, I can't scale to the level I want to scale to without fatherly support. And in that moment, I understood something. It became so obvious to me that I have been really focused on healing the ancestral feminine energy of my lineage. And I've known that I've come in here to help clear some of that out. Uh, I've done that through a lot of my womb clearing, healing the sexual abuse from when I was a child and even as a, a young adult. And that I've been healing certain things in my reproductive area to help clear out a lot of the disconnect that seems to be present in my family of just being connected to that feminine aspect, which is why a lot of reproductive issues show up for women is when they're rejecting their own feminine energy. And I certainly rejected a lot of my feminine energy growing up. But in this moment I started to realize, Nicole, hello, you talk about the masculine and feminine energies like on your YouTube channel, For years now, I actually have a whole course on it about harmonizing the masculine and feminine energies. If you came into your family to heal the feminine, don't you think you might be in here to also clear the feminine or the masculine energies? And I saw it so clearly that now it was time to focus on the masculine. And I could see a pattern in this moment of like through the lineage that the men or the masculine energies always placed a very low limit on what they were able to achieve in this lifetime. And my um, role, if I step up to it, could be to completely obliterate it and finally set the men free of those limitations and clear it out of the DNA. And I saw very clearly what I needed to do to scale. And I saw, it was very obvious to me. They showed me like a movie. I watched it play out, all the things I need to do very vivid vision. And I, while I'm watching this, I'm feeling the most, the deepest conviction in myself of my potential I've ever felt in my life. And I can feel it still now inside me. And I realize I actually have the resources around me at my fingertips and how important my inner circle is to me. And so while like Luis and I are sitting at the river, he's sitting beside me on the rock um, and You know, we were just chatting so much about this and he was really helping me process. Like, it was just really good to have him there. He was such an important part to me understanding all of this um, because he helped, he helped me like just, he was like a springboard. Like I just kept bouncing things off and he just, it was so good. And then all of a sudden these girls start tubing down the river and they're going through the part of the river that I thought was super dangerous initially, And my perception of the river now in this moment was not the same as when I was before. And I realized, I'm like, when did I get off the ride? When did I fear becoming the driver of my own life into the areas that I've really wanted to go? Like, I always had a deep sense of adventure as a child, and I still do to some degree, but a lot of fear has crept in, which I know this happens to a lot of adults. As we get older, we have more fears and we don't have that same, like no fear as a child. And I was choosing safety over the unknown. And I was like, I was like, Luis, I want to come back. And I want to do the tubing like really soon. Like we got, we got to do that. Promise me we're going to do that. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah we're going to do it. I'm like, okay, cool. And now I'm looking at the river. Like it's not unsafe. It's totally fun. It's an adventure. And I totally wanted to jump in and, and do it all. And I realized that my perception of the river shifted the speed, everything about it. Um, and it's not to say that you just throw safety all out the window, but like I don't have to throw all the possibilities out the window either. So being triggered by safety is something that came up before my ayahuasca journey started. And you're going to hear it in the audio that I'm going to play for you right now. And the reason being is that when I'm triggered into this mode of like, you got to be safe, just take, just be safe. Um, Or you're, did you think about this? And what about that? And, you know, when I'm making decisions for myself at 45 years old, at 45 years old, um, it makes me feel like I'm not competent. And I'm not capable to make good decisions for myself. And that I can only do so much before I lose it all. And if I'm not capable of making good decisions for myself at this level, how can I possibly make good decisions for myself at a scaled level? And it really holds me back and it causes me to trip the kill switch just as I'm about to take off. So with all that being said, I'm about to play 17 minutes or so, of audio, where I am processing, I'm very emotional, Um, keep in mind, I am processing everything. And you're going to understand how deeply this has been affecting me. And of course, I've put pictures up from that day, there's going to loop, so you have something to look at as well. And um, so why don't we do that right now? There is so much to be learned in failure and loss. And we are so scared to face it as if it isn't part of the necessary cycle. And it absolutely is part of the cycle. And in fact, it's the greatest gift. Failure is the launch pad into our greatness. We cannot understand the polarity of greatness without failure. So I'm not afraid of failing, because I'm not afraid of my greatness either. And I know the two can't exist without one another. So I embrace them both, and I will unite them in a happy marriage of my journey I will not separate them from one another they both have gifts and valuable teachings (sighs) so much heart opening so I was, I believe, shown my son. I will have a son. I was told that some of my work will only begin when I become a mother. And when I saw my son at varying different ages, I saw him. My heart just exploded. One of the, um, things that I also became very aware of was the reason I'm stuck in this sense of always having to do everything alone is because truly really haven't had have the support in the ways that I've needed it to really push me into my greatness from my family. No one's been there to really say yes to that part of me and to back it up 100. And so, I don't know how support even looks like in my business. I think it's why I can't actualize a relationship that can go long term. It's because deep down I don't even know what that support feels like or looks like. And I don't know how to trust it or depend on it. But I know I can't do it alone anymore. One of the things like when I started to really go into my journey about an hour, hour and a half in and the visions were strong and everything was just hitting me as like sensory overload and I had to turn off the music. I wanted the Noise cancellation headphones on. I didn't want anyone to talk to me. I was just like, I need to go inward. And it was good because I got to see so much, shown so much. But then at one point, I was like, why am I choosing to do this alone? I don't have to do this alone. Luis was right there the whole time. Like, I'm not fucking doing this alone. <laughs> not when I have support right here. And I started laughing. I literally was laughing. Like, why am I even trying to do this alone when I don't have to? And right there and then, I knew it. The program was ended of having to do everything alone. And I invited him back into my journey and it was, uh, it was so powerful. Oh, my third eye was opening so much and I kept feeling like my intuition is so important right now to my journey and my work and uh, my greatness. And to not dim it, it is so important to allow that to speak from the very core of me. There's so much light coming in. It's like my third eye, my pineal gland was just like being blasted with light, like blasted. And it was a lot of it was coming in from like the left side and then sometimes like the right side. But like I just felt, oh, it was just like this opening. Of light coming into my pineal gland oh, I feel so much more connected. It makes you realize like how much we disconnect ourselves and don't even realize it.. And my heart just opens so much, so open right now, so much compassion for certain people in my life that I was so angry at, so resentful. And now I understand what they're going through, and I just have compassion for them. I feel so connected right now, like picking up on so many different energies, people's energies, people I don't even necessarily like know very well, but their energy is speaking to me and I'm passing on messages and, um, they're very, they're very, um, specific to the core point to the person I'm delivering to I feel like this is whatever ayahuasca opened the psilocybin has just exploded my heart is just so open to understanding so much more but also receiving (sighs) just being able to receive so much more it's intense it's intense to feel so much (laughs) and um The one thing I love about mushrooms is I laugh so much. I feel like a little girl (laughs) And I've been just giggling giggling to myself like For no reason I Had this Outside perspective like 40,000 view perspective 40,000 foot like up in the air perspective um, of how we all operate down here and how like there's so many roles that we play into just like if we're going into a nice restaurant we gotta dress a certain way we gotta act a certain way and how fucking silly it is and just all the little different things that we do and different roles of our life and how we all try to fit these different roles according to like how we think we're supposed to act and it's just so fucking stupid it's so silly and I was like literally giggling to myself watching. I'm like, we're so silly Trying to be something for someone else. <laughs> and none of us want to be that fucking way to begin with. <sighs> oh we're a fucking strange bunch. Humans. Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, the clarity, the clarity is so fucking strong. I, things that are just so obvious to me, I don't understand how I didn't see them before. I mean, there's just sitting there right in front of my fucking face all this time. So obvious to me now. So many limitations that we put on ourselves and we don't even fucking realize it. Even when we think we're expanding, we're still so fucking limited in that expanded idea of ourselves. i saw everything i need to do now everything i need to do oh the visions (laughs) the visions were so oh my gosh at one point there was a bulldozer bulldozering like i could hear sounds from miles and miles away I had to ask Luis like is there construction going on around us he's like no there's no construction and I'm like I could feel it through the ground I could hear the beeping of the reverse I was like there's there is something like and but at the same time like how it was showing up in my visions was like a bulldozer and I could see like everything was being bulldozed over it was like We are fucking clearing the path. Everything is getting bulldozed over, whether it likes it or not. And then I just saw this reconstruction of myself happening. And I saw this spiral energy is like literally reconstructing my DNA. I saw like, it was crazy. I saw all these feminine faces and energy like in the DNA and like, Oh, and then like, I remember, I I heard this like takeoff energy, like I was like spiraling, and I was getting ready to take off, like, I could hear the engines, I could hear everything. And I was getting ready to take off. And it was like, right there, like ready to launch. And then all of a sudden, it stopped. It stopped like, like a kill switch hit. And I'm like, where did the kill switch? Who who's here? Who's stopping this? Like, what's going on? why did this just get killed? I was ready to take off. What stopped me? What stopped this? And I had to look around. And um, it was very obvious to me. It was two things. One, my father, which I know he's not intentionally doing. This is totally unconscious of him. He has no idea. And then me was the other I was stopping myself nope it's too much too much but I was able to like override it eventually because I got the engine started again and I saw the spiral energy and I just saw me taking off like the, the launch happened and I heard the engines roaring and I just lifted off and um It was wild. It was wild for me to see what always holds me back. So deep in my unconscious, I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware of how much fucking of my power I'd given away to this. And then I made this huge connection with some of my dreams. I have these often like reoccurring dreams of um, where I'm flying and I'm soaring up into the air and I'm going really high up and I'm like, I start to get scared and um, I almost like, oh my God, I don't know if I can go higher. And I realize it's because I'm so scared of the fall. And, um, and that's why I don't allow myself to go higher, which is part of my dad's trauma imprinted onto me. Anytime. And it's funny, right before I did ayahuasca, there was people who were like, be safe. And I was like, Oh, I got so triggered by it. I'm like, why are you saying that to me? Like as if I wouldn't be taking care of myself already. And that be safe is just such a disempowering statement to say to someone. As a parent, as a friend, be safe. It is so disempowering. You may as well say, stay small. Don't expand. And I now understand why it was triggering me so much right before my ayahuasca journey. Like, I literally wanted to, like, scream at some of the people who said that to me (laughs) and I know that they only meant well like I know where their heart's intention was but it's this like don't you trust that I know what I'm doing for myself and this is something that I've been battling all my life with my family no one believes that I know what's best for me that I don't have the capacity to know what is best for me which ultimately has kept me small and unseen i will never say be safe to someone again and when i have children i will never tell them be safe this is something i actually was thinking about with my ayahuasca journey that came up and Instead of saying, be safe, just be true to you. Be true to you. I think that's one of the most empowering statements we can say to our children and to our, any loved ones, be true to you. Stay true to yourself. So (laughs) I should have warned you guys about the (laughs) F-bombs. I apologize to anyone who had kids around while they were listening to that. Um, Yeah, be true to yourself. Just stay true to you. I think that's the best thing that any of us can hope for ourselves and for anyone we love is that they stay true to yourself. And um, one of the things that has really come from this experience which I'm sure is going to continue to reveal more to me is that uh, when you think about it, where are the best places to hide? Out in plain sight, out in the open. And this has all been right in front of me. And yet I've never actually seen it with the clarity that I had in this like experience in this journey. Everything I needed to see and understand and know was already in front of me. It was so obvious. Like, how did I miss it? Um, and it speaks to the power of our unconscious mind. You know, I've been doing this healing journey for so long. You know, like twenty-five years now. I've been on this healing journey. I've been doing some intense work, but that doesn't mean that there isn't stuff that's really deeply embedded. And sometimes it's the it's the obvious stuff. And it's the stuff that's like working against us and we don't even know it. And so it's just so important for us to always remain open to the fact that there's stuff we're just not seeing, no matter how deep into our healing journey we've been or how committed we are to our truth. There's always going to be aspects that are hiding from us and they're likely like hiding right out in front of us. I made some major life-changing realizations through this experience. I know I am different. And I saw in the comments, like so many of you said, this is like a rebirth. And I feel like I've been reborn in many ways. I'm so glad I was by the river. So thankful that this happened by the river. I literally feel different inside. I feel like my DNA is different. Um, I know my energy is different. I feel so much more empowered. I feel like there's so many things that I'm doing with so much more confidence now. And I'm just so ready to tackle all the things that I had been wanting to tackle, but I've been kind of delaying. And now I understand why I was delaying it. And so before I just leave you with my final message, again, I want to say thank you so much for all of your support over the years many of you have been here for like the five-year journey on my youtube channel and some of you have just joined and it doesn't matter how long you've been here i'm just glad and happy you're here and i'm so grateful for it um it's so important that we understand how necessary it is that we have the support of not just who we are in this moment but also that future self that greater version of ourself that's so ready to completely expand into all the possibilities that are waiting for us. And so, again, because I'm realizing that I don't need to do this alone and I don't have to figure it all out alone, if any of you would feel so willed to leave me um, a review on my podcast, either in Apple or on Spotify, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, It would just mean so much to me. And of course, only if you feel called to it, like if it's helped you and this podcast has helped you, uh, my videos, anything, then please feel called. Um, I would so appreciate it. You know, so often we work to, um, we work to live, right? We do all our work so we can live. We have the money to do it and we need to live with purpose. And when we live with purpose, it becomes our work. It's not like I live to work. Um, It's already in me because I know what my purpose is and I'm aligned with it. And so ask yourself, would you ever reach a point? This is why I don't think that retirement is going to be something that lasts in our society forever. I think it's something that's being weaned out of our Um, Mindset. Uh, I know I will never retire, not with the way that I want to live my life. And it's because I know that my work is in alignment with my purpose. And so if I were, if someone were going to ask me, like, do I want to stop living with purpose and go into retirement? No fucking way. I go, I don't want to do that. But if you're living here with no purpose, you know, and, and it could—it doesn't have to be some massive purpose, but just something that feels like it's your purpose. That's what we have to understand, and that's where we need to be living from. And so, no matter where you are on your, no matter where you are on your journey, you are always in the best place to start now. At 45, I am only approaching the halftime of my life. Okay, I'm only starting to approach the halftime. And I have no intention of slowing down. I don't have an intention of slowing down my work and all of the things that I I really wish to do and make an impact in this world. I know what is possible. And because this is where my happiness and fulfillment lies and resides, there's no way I'm fucking stopping. So don't ever buy into the self-defeating narrative that you are either too old or too late to the game to start living your best life now. I love you guys so much. I can't tell you how much your support has meant to me. Whether you're in my alchemy program, which if you're not and you want to join and you want to have that sense of community, please do. Or just you being on my YouTube channel, listening to the podcast, whether you've been following me on Instagram, wherever it is, I just want you to know that I've appreciated it. I want you to all know that I always read all the comments. And I will always try to remain as connected as I can to all of you, because I really, truly believe that where we're heading in our future community is essential. And I am here to help build a community with all of you where we actually support one another and we support the visions and the dreams of a better world and one that actually puts happiness at the top of success. I love you guys so much. If you really enjoyed this episode and you are curious about Luis, I want to tell you that he's going to be on my show next week. He'll be on the podcast. I'm bringing him on and he's going to share a very vulnerable part of his journey uh, that has gotten him to where he is now. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. It's moving and uh, he only shared it with me uh, on my journey. I was shocked. So uh, you guys will all get to meet Luis next week. I look forward to being with you guys uh, on this journey. Thank you so much for holding the space. I absolutely feel, um, I feel seen, I feel acknowledged and I absolutely feel safe with all of you. Thank you so much. I love you guys and I'll see you guys really soon. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.